Hello, I'm Phoebe. I'm Clancy. And I'm Damien. Now you might be asking, what do an Aussie and a POM have in common? Quite a lot, actually. For starters, Her Majesty has her face over all our currency. There's a great big Union Jack on all our flags as well. We do speak the same language. And we do love winding each other up. Yeah, because you guys can't play cricket. Well, you guys don't want to play us at cricket. That's the big difference. Let's get on with the show. We discuss current events in Australian politics. While on a mission to ensure the Governor General stays in their job. Let's save the, the Governor, Governor General. Do we want to? Do you want ScoMo as president instead? Oh, God, no. There you go. Let's save the Governor General. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hello, my name is Damien. I'm joined by... Who am I joined by? Clancy! Clancy! Hey, Clancy. How are you today? I'm right in very, very beautiful, sunny Tasmania. Very good, very good. So it's deja vu all over again, isn't it? It is. Hello! Uh, Hello! Oh. Hello. Here's a, a missing person. I know. Well, when you have eye infections, you know, they don't go, they don't go down too well. But for those of you who are listening to this and wondering where the sodding hell I was last time, I had an eye infection. Yes, you've actually missed the last, uh, well, the last two recordings. Um, and so just just uh, to feel everyone on the joke, uh, me and Clancy actually recorded a, uh, an episode by ourselves and then we decided to re-record. Two because... episodes. Sorry? Two episodes. Oh, we could we could do that. We'll see. Make a Franken episode, but no, we, we we miss we miss Phoebe too much, and we love Phoebe enough to go over all the stuff we talked about, and uh, and yeah. So, no, but Phoebe, how how are you feeling? I feel fine. I feel better. I feel refreshed, and I can see out of both eyes properly again. Cool. Um, question for you: Can the English cricket team see out of both eyes? The English cricket team can't walk straight, see out of both eyes. Oh, fat on a. Let's put it this way. They can only bat on a sticky wicket with a broken bat. Jeez, we. Um, like, getting done inside, like, three days, that is... Um, I'm surprised that the uh, Boxing Day test even took place that the match took, lasted that long. Well, that, that means they can go to Hobart quicker, then. They can see. They're coming to, to see you. Hobart. I don't want them here. Well, that's, Please. Well, that's, that's too bad. You're getting well. If Mark McGowan over in Perth wasn't being a being a, do, a poopy head about everything, then yeah, burn the ashes. That's what I say. Burn the ashes. Did you just say? Did you just say burn the ashes? How no, I said bang the ashes. Oh. I was hoping you'd say burn the ashes then, because okay. that would have been far more poetic. <laughs> it would have been. Let's but, just um, cremate. Just cremate them. Boom. There you go. And, that, and that's where the trouble began. That's where the trouble began. And funnily enough, I actually, uh, I don't live too far from where the, the birthplace of the ashes happened. So there's a little town just outside of Melbourne called Sunbury. Uh, and on that, apparently on that ground was where the uh, England and Australia played and everything got humiliated. Yeah, they were humiliated and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, every time... Every now and then I drive past and I think, hey, this is this, this is history. But if we banned the ashes, what would the Bogans uh, have to have to sit on the couch for five days for? I don't know. Or well, you could just watch the highlights and they'll be over in twenty minutes. You you. 
<laughs> you could indeed. Well, look, uh, speaking, of, speaking of getting on the couch, uh, the first... So this is a uh, 2021 wrap. Uh, every year in Australian politics just brings lots of delight, lots of laughter, lots of controversy, lots of scandal. And I thought I would love to chat to you two girls about what, uh, what's happened through the year. And so I'm going to lead the conversation off with, uh, I think it was back in, uh, back in April, uh, the Australian Defence Force commissioned the HMAS Supply and to help commemorate the commissioning of that ship, they got the 101 Doll Squadron. Here we go. Okay, that's uh, that's more than enough of that. Question for both of you: What connection is there between twerking and a navy ship? Well, by, by uh, let's put it this way. I, I, now, here, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You should let's show your asses off. What is the navy famous for? Sinking. What is sons? the sexual orientation of the navy in popular <laughs> taking the Mickey? Young man. Yes, and what orifice is normally entered? The blowhole. And what no. have we been seen on display? The blowhole's a wrong end, Damien. Oh, so, so We're I'm, talking I'm about never... the fighty black fast hole. Well, the there you go. End. And what's on display here? So I think that there might be some subliminal messaging here going, swap out your male companion for a female companion. They have exactly the same, and they can be on the ship too. <laughs> but yeah, so this uh, particular, so uh, so as we can see, so the the one one doll squadron are a what were they? They're like a hip hop, trance house reggae kind of dance troupe, and yeah, uh, in the previous episode, in the previous recording that Clancy and I did, we could not think for the life of us why the ADF would hire a twerking troop to commemorate a supply ship being commissioned. All I can all I can say, all I can say is that I can imagine myself when I was in my military days standing on parade, oh yes, and being told, you will watch this as there's some ceremony going on. I'm just going, there's a lot of things I want to do here, but I just have to keep looking straight ahead. Okay. Keep looking straight ahead. I keep looking straight ahead and I can't say anything or else someone will shout at me and I keep looking straight ahead. Because there are some officers there, some quite decorated officers there going, I have no idea what on earth's going well, on here. Actually, I don't is, know what's going on. This, this is something I, want, something I want to get into. So there, the, the controversy went two ways. One was, what, what are they doing there? And I I tend to fall along along those lines because like okay look if you're into you know and like Clancy Clancy being a burlesque dancer herself you know there are body positivity things that you know dancing in this style with really tight clothes can can do for you that's good if you're happy to do this kind of thing that's okay I just fail to see the connection uh, between military and twerking. But the ABC got into the into trouble for this because uh, they 
they deceptively edited the story in that to make it look like that there were, at the time, these dancers did their thing. The ABC made it look like there were already visiting dignitaries there watching this performance going, what, what the heck? But apparently, these girls had gone on fairly early in the day before all the, all the top brass had come. So there was, so, so basically the way the ABC report made it look like was that, you know, all these top dignitaries are going, what the heck, what, 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 are we, what have we paid for? What are these ladies doing here? But no, that actually wasn't the case. And so the ABC kind of had to retract uh, and apologise to the darts troupe for the editing of the story. Okay, then. Then what was the point of having them there if the dignitaries didn't get to see them? If you're going to pay for them, Great question. and you're going to have the, and you're going to have these lovely, attractive young women there, and you're going to have some red-blooded Australian men there. Yep. Why weren't Why weren't the two crossing over? I mean, I'm not saying objectify these ladies, but if they're going to be performing as part of an entertainment shtick for this, mm-hmm. why weren't they entertaining anybody? Well, I mean, there may be some people there that were enter- that were entertained by this, but um, but I actually think this is uh, like if if the HMA supply commissioning went off without a hitch, we wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah, it would have been like a ten second spot on the news. But the fact they got these ladies in and twerking means you know nine months later we are still talking about it. And they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. And I think maybe someone in the Australian Defence Force finally picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. But Clancy, as a a, a, a female performer... Baby makes a good point, though. Why have them there at all if the dignitaries weren't there to see them? Mm. You know? So obviously they were there to warm up the troops. They were busy powdering the noses. Either that, or what's the connection between the person who ever hired them mm-hmm. and members of, or a member of, or an organizer of? Were they a family member? Was there something less salubrious going on around these parts? Was there some way of going the way that, you know, the 45th president of the United States managed to? funnel money through certain things with certain dancing troops on the 20th of January 2017. Uh-huh. Was this the kind of thing going on? Are you, are you suggesting, Phoebe, that it might have been some nepotism involved? That possibly, <coughs> In possibly the twerkers were actually... Hired by somebody in the military because they happen to be a family member or married to or sleeping with somebody... I couldn't possibly comment on that true statement. <laughs> Horror. I guess we'll never know. I, I guess we'll comment never on that know. True statement. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked and appalled. No worries. Um, there speak- could possibly be any nepotism in Australian in the government. Military. Well, and Australian government. Yeah. Well, geez, that's a. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, um, did you ladies have something you want to talk about before I get to my next point? Whilst we're talking of wastes of money, I'd like to go back to August of this year when our favourite former Prime Minister reared his head again. Kevin Rudd. Your favourite former Prime Minister or our favourite former Prime Minister? I think the man who went bodyboarding and lost his seat is the one we're referring to. Uh, I'd like to talk about how... Anthony Francis Abbott. 
Ah, yes. And I talk about the $19,000 that was spent to send Tony Abbott to India. <laughs> okay. Um, How do you know he's bungee for... snugglers? What? <laughs> What, what did the what did the Bojo get for nineteen thousand dollars? It wasn't Bojo. This was an old Scomo. Oh, oh, we paid for okay. So you, the Australian taxpayer, gave nineteen thousand of your hard earned dollars to send a British trade envoy to India. Paid for by the Coalition government. Okay, and what did we get for nineteen thousand dollars? You developed a working relationship with Narendra Modi. Oh, okay. Couldn't ScoMo just make more of his ScoMoses to well, there you go. butter things up? Because I remember he, um, I I have ScoMo on Instagram for for a bit of a laugh, and yeah, he got on, and you know he had his not not samosas but ScoMoses. Yeah, I thought okay, he re- he really does the daggy dad thing really well. But what I would say is that the coalition government were at pains to say that the former prime minister flew commercial. He didn't fly private, didn't do any of that. But the rules and regulations of security services means he had to fly first class. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever will he do? I know. And that's not included in the $19,000 price tag because it comes under security fees. Oh, so, so here's the thing a lot of people don't, know this, don't understand. When you have former prime ministers of like New Zealand, Australia, the UK, etc., when they travel with the uh, Joe public, the rules and regulations requirements say that they have to travel in a secure setting. And the secure setting has been defined as first class travel. Paid oh. for by you and me. And I would hazard, I would hazard to guess to say um, first class accommodation as well, because my wife used to work at. Now, if you know if you know Melbourne fairly well, one of the best, one of the most most famous hotels is the Langham Hotel. It's it is a five star five star hotel uh, right on the bank of uh, right on the banks of South Bank. And uh, yeah, she was working there when John Howard was prime minister. And she would know when John, when uh, Johnny was in town, because uh, when Johnny was in town, they would block, they would book out the top two floors, as well as take up all the car parks around the front and the side. So while while the workload was reduced, the car parking turned to shit because you know Mr. Howard and his troop have taken up all the car parks to make sure Johnny stays alive. You know. But yes, here's the thing with with the wonderful Mr. Abbott. He is actually registered as an agent of a foreign government with the Australian government, and they still say, hey, "Come along, mate." Yeah, you're you're a foreign agent. Come along, mate. Yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. That okay. That's uh, out, of, <laughs> out of all the out of all the good decisions Scomo has made. I don't think we can add that that, that one to the list. Well, there you go. Uh, cool. so, add te- my... te- technically, though, he's a private citizen now, though, isn't he? Yes, he may very well be a private citizen, but to go on this, he was representing the Australian government as a member of the. He was uh, uh, um. He may very well be in his private capacity taking up these prime minister. Yeah, he may be taking up, but he was doing this in an official capacity on behalf of the government of Scott Morrison. 
So this was all official, this was. All mm. completely official. Was it wasn't like he was just some mate that jumped on a plane and went, <laughs> yeah, hey, Scott. No, this was... Here is your diplomatic passport, Mr. Abbott. Please come along. Yeah, please. Uh, pl- pl- please, there's a spare plane. There's a pl- spare service <coughs> class. We might need you to. Um, okay, and I'm just wondering what we what we got for that. Um, okay, we'll, we'll be. What do you think you got for it, Fancy? What did the Great Island of Tasmania get for that? We did a five. Maybe some tea. Or some chai. Because it yes. was India. Or some jasmine rice. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever comes out of India that costs $19,000 to grease some wheels. I don't know. I don't know. But um, the actually, Clancy, did you have a, a point that you wanted to chat before I go to my next one? Um, well, not really. Okay. No worries. Um, I'll, uh, I'll then jump to Nicole Spurrier. Uh, Nicole Spurrier is the Chief Health Officer for the South Australian Government. Uh, back in June, uh, back when COVID restrictions weren't quite as tight as they as they would become later in the year, uh, the Collingwood Football Club uh, went over to Adelaide to play a, a game of, uh, of AFL uh, against Adelaide Crows at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, however, they hadn't quite worked out the, uh, what do you call it, um, the restrictions and how the logistics are going to work. So a reporter asked uh, Ms. Spurrier a, a particular question, and here we go. Are there any going to be any restrictions or any... Your spring... <laughs> that was a little bit... Thank you, ads. I hate, I hate you, ads. Let me just play that. Rules. Here we go. Someone's buffering. Uh, can touch the players coming in and out, and they're obviously the... the the seats around the, the ground. Are there any going to be any restrictions or any any rules on fans right down at ground level? Yes, yeah, so we're working with Adelaide Oval at the moment because we cannot have any um, interaction at all. We're looking at the seating at the moment and of course we're looking at the ball because sometimes the ball, as not that I've been to many football games, I have noticed occasionally it does get kicked into the crowd and uh, we are uh, working through the details of what that will mean. If you are at um, Adelaide Oval and the ball comes towards you, my um, advice to you is to duck and just do not touch that ball. There you go. That that is official uh, in context advice from Nicole Spurrier saying, "Yeah, do not touch that ball." What if you breathe on it? Yeah, so you, you can look at it. That's that's about it. That's about it. But um, yeah, so she uh, got um, I suppose the word is panned, uh, condemned, uh, laughed at. Um, you know the she she I think she became a meme for for a couple of days. And then uh, the next day, she came out and basically uh, backtracked that advice. And now I couldn't find the video of her backtracking, but I did find uh, a newspaper from uh, South Australia called In Daily. And I'll just read a very brief, uh, few brief sentences from it. Uh, Spurrier herself fronted media to address the issue today, saying, I would just like to touch on the duck the ball issue because I'm sure you're going to ask about it. Just to reiterate, I'm not a football player. And in fact, whenever a ball comes towards me, whatever sort of ball, whether it's a basketball or football, my inclination is to duck, she said. I've had a bit of an update from the more football knowledgeable people in my department today to tell me 
that there's about 50% of people that really try madly to get the ball. You know, those fans. And 50% that are like me and just duck. She clarified her advice was that whenever you touch an object, and this is an object touched by I don't know how many very sweaty men on a football field, sanitize your hands immediately. Just go and sanitize your hands before you start eating your chips, she said. And As I said, said previously, but please don't touch the sweaty men's balls. Yes, I think you may have said something about not touching sweaty men's balls. Now, I personally yeah. make it a habit to not touch sweaty men's balls. I, I would say. not be in the position to be at an AFL match where such a sweaty man's ball would be headed in my direction in the first place. All I can say, in the most British way possible, is bollocks to this. Absolute <laughs> bollocks to it. Quite literally. <laughs> so, teabagging on from the last segment. But what I would say is that I don't think that she ducked this issue correctly. <laughs> I think she ducked with it very well at all. Right, look, I, I suspect that she's never been to an AFL game in her life. No. We didn't see one on television. I. No. And and I suspect that they had some sort of uh, roundtable Zoom meeting previous to this this whole um a Zoom meeting, conference. yay! And I suspect that someone made a suggestion about what that should be done if a ball went into the crowd. Hmm. Tell, and tell somebody, the plebeians to somebody put the their ball. hand up. Somebody put their hand up and went, they shouldn't touch the ball. And and Nicole Spurrier went, hmm, that, that is very that's a very good idea. Yes, I think I shall hmm. I think I shall I think inform she, the plebeians. I think she ran with she picked up that ball and she ran with it. Um But then she hit a she hit a pack. She hit a she hit a roadblock. Well, a roadblock. You she was, she was uninformed about the ball-free ball public. I know. And it's just, I, I love this line, I had a bit of an update from the more football-knowledgeable people in my department. It's like, you know, like, did you not talk to them before? Mm. Did you not quite, you know, um, yeah. yeah, find out, like, yeah, they said, like, yeah, I guess she hasn't been to many. She's probably only seen it on TV and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, no, the actual, um, I, I laughed out loud in the, in the lounge room when I saw the video of the next day when she said, there's an object touched by, I don't know how many very sweaty men on a football field. Was, uh, public public service advice is, uh, got to love it. Gotta I, public I, service I think, announcement. She I think I, re I do recall, Damien, is that we did reference back to the, the sweaty ball rubbing that occurs in cricket. Oh, Yes. Um, rubbing her, was she rubbing herself on the front of cricketers' trousers? Well, by some no, this is the thing: is is that it, I do believe that the practice is not only do you lick the ball to add a bit of shine to it, mm -hmm. and then the rub earth. it against your crotch. Mind you, some people um, employ sandpaper. I do <laughs> hear that. 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 Uh, they, they, they employ sandpaper, then they go on holidays for 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 a while. Because they want a bit of rough, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> and some of them do employ a slow over rate as well. Indeed. So they, why they, would they you lose their want to catch? Why would you want to catch that particular ball? Essence of cricketer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Odor Warner would be the. Uh... Ew. <laughs> Ew. 
But no, I was, I was we'll rude that one out. <laughs> you can rub one out. Um, I was explaining to Clancy last time that the reason why men gob on the ball and then rub it on their on their dacks is because of the physics. So you have a uh, half the ball is rough. A bit of physics. Half the ball is rough and half the ball is shiny. And as the ball moves through the air, the the different the the air pressure difference from the friction causes the ball to move midair, and hopefully you can uh, you can hit you can hit him in the middle leg. Sorry, I mean stump. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I would say is that you've got to be a fast bowler for that to work. Works if you're a fast bowler. You're so, one of these spinners, not so much. So if you, you can't use your fingers to knock him over. Getting a bit, getting a bit tawdry here. In the ball. In the balls, yes, yes. So, uh, um, yeah, okay. Uh, next, uh, what's, what is next? What is next on the talking agenda, ladies? Um, I do recall we did talk about the earthquake. Ah, yes, we did. Uh, we did talk about an earthquake. So in, in Melbourne, I think it was in September, uh, Melbourne had a, well, regional Victoria got hit with a pretty hard earthquake and the the shockwaves were felt over in, in Melbourne a couple of hundred k's away. Um, it was about roughly 9.30 in the morning. Um, luckily, we were still locked down. So didn't have to be anywhere for work and the kids didn't have to be anywhere for school. And um, yeah, I was sitting in bed uh, doing some work and all of a sudden, you know, I felt I felt a shaking. I thought, hold on, there, there, there must be a truck uh, that's using its engine brakes to try to slow down somewhere. Then I realized, hold on, usually those kind of brakes turn off after a couple of seconds. Hmm, it must be like a strong wind somewhere. Then I realized, hold on, after about five seconds, and no, no, this is a bit, bit too long for a strong wind. Then I noticed I lit, the house was literally shaking. And yeah, then I realized, hold on, this is, this is an earthquake. And I was lucky in that geez, probably about 20-something years ago when when I lived in Adelaide, I'd experienced an earthquake there, so I knew exactly what exactly what it was. But then after about 20, 30 seconds, I thought, geez, is this ever going to stop? And is my house intact? So but Here's yeah. the question. Why is she standing in front of a picture of New Parliament House whilst talking about earthquakes? Oh, no, no, this is, this is, the, next cl- this is the next clip I've got lined up. Sorry. That's all right. You've... Uh... Because I was going to go I to... I you were going to show us a clip of this. It's like, what? I people don't know, shaky on that subject. Jump the gun. <laughs> there, is actually, there is actually footage of it. So the crew from ABC News Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on a second. That's all right. I might even, uh, I might even play some myself. Sorry, that was Until my phone. Dreams, Dropbox helps hey, business... Look. It's another so- ad. <laughs> I know. Why, why are we getting all these ads? Here you get Michael Rowland. Hey, Michael. Oh, I've never had an earthquake in here before. And so, yeah, so that seems that this building seems to be the only building that actually copped any damage in in, in oh the earthquake. My God. Was it that, already under construction building. or something? Was it undergoing renovations or something? No, no, no. That's it's just a really old building. So this is in one of the inner city inner city suburbs, where you know those old old timey buildings you know, that have the heritage overlays and that kind of stuff. That, that kind of stuff. You know, so they they can't they can't be demolished or renovated without going through an, expe- an expensive permit system. But um, yeah, so that's. 
But here's a question for you. Did somebody just push those things out and go, look, 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 damage, 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 you should do the building. Well, I, th I think now he's, he's in the process of renovating, but yeah, that was a... And here he goes, a few more, a few more clips. But the same building. Yeah, same building, from a, from a different angle. That's a... Uh, yep. So I think that's been deemed uninhabitable uh, for some strange reason. I, I don't know why. So did, I can't, so can't did Dan pull down the steps again? Is that what caused the earthquake? No, actually, when did, when did Dan fall down the steps? That's uh, that's probably one of the biggest stories. Yeah, that was that was fairly big, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure when that happened. Um, that's what, that's what as big as the time out. that Australia exported camels to Saudi Arabia. Uh, oh, we've uh, done that for years, baby. Yeah. <laughs> My, my, actually, the funniest thing I heard about with the camels was that there was a beauty competition for the camels in in Saudi Arabia, and there then was. a bunch of camels, a bunch of camels got um, excluded because they'd had Botox and um, fillers. fillers in their lips. I remember that story. I do. <laughs> Absolutely, round the bend. <sighs> So yes, so it was actually in March. In March this year, um, my my Steam Premier Daniel Andrews, uh, he was in a rental property uh, with his family, and uh, water and tiling and gravity don't go well together. No. So the poor guy fell, uh, literally fell down, fell down the stairs, and uh, yeah, broke broke a vertebrae and. Um, there's some ribs and that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, so so James Merlino took over the uh, took over the uh, premiership uh, for a while, and um, my children hated him as much as they did Dan Andrews, because one of the one of the lockdowns was what James Merlino had um, had uh, had called for, and so my I remember my kids going, "Geez, um, th this guy's just like Dan Andrews." Yeah, that's they're from the same political party, you know they're. Yeah, that's a uh, one grease somebody else. They're, they're, they're peas. They're peas in a pod. They're peas in a pod. So that was that. Um, Gladys, we've I know we've spoken about this before, but a uh, sad Gladys. Poor Gladys. Poor Gladys. Poor Gladys, but diddle by a man. Diddle by. Well, she got oh, diddle by go. cack because she got diddle by a man, and that was um. But yeah, when well, when this your, is when, very true. When your boyfriend asks you to have a, a secret phone just in case you know your calls are being recorded, I think it's time to uh. You know, Review your boyfriend. choices in dating partners. Exactly. In my um, opinion, if somebody said to me, here's a secret phone in case, you know, this, that, and the other's going on, I would have said, am I your dirty little secret? Because if so, you can take your dirty little secret and stick it where your dirty little secrets come from. <laughs> that's, that is one one way of putting it. In your but, um, but now it is... Oh, sorry, Clancy? In your twerker. In, in the in the twerker in the twerker, but it is now interesting. Your dignitary. It is now interesting that uh, Gladys uh, rode off into the sunset. Uh, Dominic has taken over, and they've now hit eleven thousand cases a day. I know the shit has truly hit the fan. But they they I, have they have they have gone in like line and sinker. Now I, I know correlation doesn't equal causation, but it just does seem weird how Gladys kept a uh, fairly steady hand on things. And uh, Dom, Dom's come in, and um, I don't know. How many even. cases a day are you getting? Are they getting at the moment? Well, uh, today they hit eleven thousand. 
Oh, yeah, oh eleven thousand okay. in in New South Wales. We're talking about, which is previously not topped more than a few hundred a day. Yes, uh, in England there was one hundred and sixteen thousand new cases yesterday. Yes, I know, I know. You're sicker than we are. Yes. Bunch of sickos. But here we go. So 11,201 new cases, 157,000 tests, 61,000 active cases. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite a quite a lot. Uh, Melbourne has also. Uh, I know we've uh, we're 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 up Shit Creek as well. Um, where was the? Do you have a panel? <sighs> yeah, the, va the vaccination. Well, look, look at it this way: since the borders opened on the fifteenth of December, mm -hmm. Tasmania now has. 300 active cases. I think South Australia in the whole, also had a And the well. whole so. of the period up until that happened, we'd only ever had 340. So you basically. So we've now day... got 300 cases in the space of 12 days. Wow, that's that's kind of exactly what you were afraid of, strangely enough. Well, it was exactly what I was expecting would happen, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. I don't think we have anyone. I think there might be one person in hospital, but I reckon that they've got other other is, conditions as okay. well. But this is. But uh, this this is it's actually the interesting thing though, because one of the things that the health experts predict too is that once everyone was vaccinated even though people would still test positive for COVID and still have mild symptoms of COVID, it reduced their risk of hospitalisation and death, yeah. which has seemed to pan out. But I was sort of talking about this with a friend today and I, you know, they were also putting it down to the Omicron strain not being as uh, severe as yes. the Delta strain or the previous strains. Yeah, that, that but how the, can uh... they tell? Because now everybody, pretty much most of the people are vaccinated. If you do get a strain and it's Omicron, how do you know it's because you're vaccinated or because you've got a less strain? That's a, that's a good question. Good question. But the question I have to ask is, did you find that hotel quarantine jumper who... Oh, yeah, he, got arrested. His <laughs> he got arrested, didn't he? That's yeah, no, right. no, he got he got done and he's been sentenced and and um locked up. But um there, there, there's a very popular opinion that part of the reason he was so anxious to get out of hotel quarantine was because he might have been twerking some drugs. Ooh. Um, well, look, look, Clancy, I'll, I'll see you your hotel jumper and I'll raise you the South Australian nightclub jumper. Oh, I feel a bit sorry for him. Oh, he seems, look, he seems, he seems like a Here's a question. Nice. With the nightclub jumper and a, and a, and a rugby shot like that, that's a colour clash if ever I've seen one. <laughs> Grief. I think you should be so, arrested so just, just for that clothing combination. Just for the people listening to this, that is a horizontal wide striped burgundy and navy blue yeah. rugby shirt with a day glow pink logo over Don't... the hey, left breast look, look who's wearing an ugly rugby top well damien you ain't got nothing on that one in the picture no no Cancy's face is worth a thousand words at the moment as she I looks at this. I, I, I don't see the picture. I'm, I'm puzzling because I don't actually know to what you are referring. 
Oh, okay. Um, is the video not coming through? It's Hang on. coming through for me. I've just got it minimized. Oh. <laughs> what That's is probably it? why. Okay, I didn't know what you were talking about because I was like, what talking jumper? About, talking about that rugby shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. Maronan royal blue. And yeah, no, I, I will agree. He's as ugly as mine. Like... <laughs> This fifteen year old. Looks as bad as his hairstyle. Yeah, as bad as his hairstyle. And he's from South he's Australia. He's a bit shaggy. That's, uh, that's he could do a lot with himself if he, you know, had a shave, you know, went oh, to a barber's and saw and saw and and started dating somebody with some fashion sense. I don't know this this person's sexual orientation, but it, a nice guy or a nice girl with some fashion sense would do you the world a good mate. Indeed. So so he got arrested because he actually went to a nightclub while he knew he was positive. And so, yeah, he's been... Uh, sakes. For goodness sakes, for goodness sakes. So, yeah, um, what else? Uh, yeah, so I just... Yeah, so we just noticed that now Dom is in, in charge in uh, New South Wales and things are blowing up, but also in the other states. But uh, numbers have been blowing up since uh, travel restrictions have been eased. Uh, except, well, but I know Queensland were a little bit funny because I, I know someone who was going to Queensland for Christmas and there were all these rules about you had to get a PCR test within 72 hours, then you had to get another one once you got there. Then you had to get another one within three days of leaving, and then you had to get another one on the like kind of around the time you left and all this kind of stuff. And now the the PCR testing sites have been overwhelmed, so now they're saying you can get a rapid antigen test instead. Well, they have similar rules in Tasmania. So to get into Tasmania, you have to be double vaccinated. Yep. And you have to have had a PCR test within, I think, 24 hours of leaving your home okay. state to come to Tassie. And then you have to have another PCR test within 72 hours of getting into Tasmania. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so very similar sort of story. And part of the problem, of course, is that in New South Wales, they've just been completely overwhelmed because everyone's wanting to get tests without necessarily having symptoms. Um Yep. And but yes, on this point, even... South Australia has now said no. PCR tests for interstate travellers are banned. So well, they're just Marshall banned interstate travellers, as far as I'm concerned. That, that, that's yeah, Premier Steve Marshall announced that South Australia will no longer conduct ashes. Hey, you may not like Stephen Marshall, but don't drown the poor guy out. Yeah, what's he ever done to you personally? What's he ever done to you? Did the but, right yeah. thing. Bad <laughs> but yeah, Stephen Marshall announced South Australia will no longer conduct PCR tests for interstate travellers as daily coronavirus cases soared to 1,471 earlier in this week. Yes, uh, for South Australia, that's actually a pretty, pretty shocking statistic because they, they only have like a million and a half people total in the state and most of those are in Adelaide, so it's... Uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a worry. Uh, speaking of a bit of a worry, controversial backbencher Craig Kelly quits the Liberal Party to sit on the crossbench. So this was back in Fe February of this year, where um, yeah, Craig Kelly kept on becoming more and more, I suppose, contrarian. Contrarian might be the uh, might be the best way. Or, to or, put as, he, or as he would say, independently minded. Indeed, and this led up to this uh, clash between. Craig Kelly himself and Tanya Plibersek from the Labor Party. Craig Kelly's been making uh, some media appearances to exchange. Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Are you making any big announcements? Yes, I'm, I'm actually 
I'm actually telling them that the PMS should stop you spreading these crazy conspiracy theories. Did you hear about Professor Clancy? You've got to listen to our most senior immunologist, Daniel. It's Professor Robert Clancy. Listen to him. Go and get his stuff. Read what he's saying, and you'll find out, and then you can come and apologise to us. Uh, okay. my, my, my mum lives in your electorate, and I don't okay. want her exposed to people who are not well, going to be well, listen, listen to Robert. because of these crazy conspiracy well, theories yeah. that you're spreading. Well, you're the one doing that, because you are the one spreading misinformation. Right? You've got to listen to listen to the professors, listen to our most senior immunologists. So, so says, your prime minister is wrong, says, is he? Our prime minister is 100 percent right. He agrees with I'm you. I'm saying you Scott are Morrison, wrong. Listen, listen, listen to one of the my prime minister will speak for himself. Listen to the words of our most senior immunologist today yeah. in the Sydney Morning Herald. I'll, I'll to he, the has said, he has said he has said our health advisor has to be our most senior credentialed immunologist, Professor Robert Clancy, and he has said, sitting on Herald today, Craig Kelly is absolutely right. Does the Prime Minister agree with I, you, I, Well, I don't know. You have to ask the Prime Minister. But I know. Does he support I think, you I think, spreading I think, this I think, stuff? Well, I'm not spreading anything. You are the people in the Labor Party that are spreading smear and slime and innuendo. Well, we're, we're and it has to stop. We're supporting it has to what stop. the government line is. It has to stop. Right? No, we're... Okay. So... What a nonsense that was! <laughs> That went down like a lead balloon. Um, I, yeah, I... And love a very um, remarkable jumper in the background. Yes, actually, this is the thing that we uh, noticed last time we uh, we recorded, Phoebes, was in, in the background there, that guy... What a harlequin that is! <laughs> yes, that's a... Uh, that was uh, eye-catching. If So the, the argument between Craig Kelly and Tanya Plibersek catches your ears, but then that... That jumper. So, um, for the catches... listeners at home, this is a Harlequin jumper, which is day glow green and grey on an olive green background. Mm. Yes, that's. I don't know if many of our listeners who know what a Harlequin jumper is. Well, there is something for them to Google. Harlequin junkie. Harlequin. Oh yeah, it's that like diamond diamond yeah. uh, stripe. It's that diamond thing. Okay, the diamond thing. What's more, what's more worrying is that I knew that was the Harlequin pattern straight away. Okay, that that is that is worrying, and you're you're only, you're only in your mid thirties, Phoebes. That's, I know. Uh, yeah, but she's I had a father English. who played, but I had a father who played far too much golf when I was growing up. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. So yeah, so he, Mr. Kelly has now uh, become the head of the United Australia Party. Um, oh God. Th- yeah, yes, oh God. Um, and he, he doesn't stop texting you, Clancy, is what I understand. He's uh, he's trying to get you down. I, I, get, I get a text from, from my mate Craig at least every couple of weeks, and it's okay. really, really freaking annoying. And I keep texting him back and asking him to stop harassing me, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I have blocked and reported him a few times, but, you know, he keeps changing his phone. And... Have you taken out an AVO um, yet? It is allowed. Sorry? Have you taken out an AVO yet? No, but I'm thinking about it. I really am. Um, I, 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 I have protested about it. I have put it in an official complaint. I've blocked him. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's evidently it's part of the Australian law that Political parties can like to get basically spam whoever they want. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's, you know. Uh... So so even as far as the mail goes, 
when they're getting ready for an election, the um, political parties can put literature literature about their policies into your into your post box, even if you have a no spam allowed sticker yep. on it, as mm-hmm. I do. Yep. So it's just part of that same thing, I think. Um, but it's very irritating. Indeed, indeed. Um, for me now, there must be something about you, Clance, because uh, Mr. Kelly doesn't like me. I haven't got any text messages at all from him. But on my side of town, uh, on the freeway into the city, there are at least three billboards in that really ugly, you know, y- yellow greeny uh, with black with black texts, you know, for uh, spruiking his party, you know, going, you, you can never trust Labor, Liberal, the Greens ever again. Freedom, 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 vote one United Australia Party. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So he, 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 st- he spans me on my drive into, into, into work. What I would say, though, <clears throat> what I would say is hopefully the United Australia Party and the um, One Nation Party can start to fight each other. <laughs> And split the vote. Please go ahead and split your vote. Well, actually, actually fight each other. The, and do the, that. The I, I, pr- I propose we start up a uh, Australia United against Craig Kelly party. <laughs> so, so, so we can have one Yuck. nation united against Craig Kelly. Yuck. United Australia Party versus One Nation versus Shooters, Farmers, and Fishers. Versus uh, the Australian... Christian enthusiasts party. Yeah, that's so <laughs> those guys. It, um, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be like the People's Front of Judea. You this know? is the Judean People's Front. The okay. Judean, exactly. I'm very glad you got that reference. So here we go. So this is one of the signs out out my way. Uh, lockdowns destroy jobs. Um, do they now? Uh, apparently they do. I thought Craig uh, Kelly destroyed jobs, but that's just my opinion. Well, he destroyed, he destroyed well, his own. They didn't do lockdowns and we Australia's have people fast, dead. Australia's jobs. fastest growing political party. There's, uh, there, there's that. No mandatory vaccinations, no vaccine. Part. Ah, here we go. We can never trust the Liberals, the Labour, or the Greens, or the Nationals again. Ah, here we go. From... Fastest growing political party. They've gone from one member to two. 100% <laughs> growth. I know, I know. That's a... Uh... But given given that Malcolm Roberts is uh, along this line, um, you know he's he's got a lot of uh, popularity with the anti-vax crowd. You know, I think they could actually, you know, all he'd have to do is turn independent, and then turn UAP, and um, the, the metamorphosis is complete. Lots of turning going on there. Oh, indeed. It's, I, uh, I, I quite like the one one to one reproduction rate, though. You know, at least at least there's no community transmission. Well, this is very true because their R number is just one now. They've just got an R number of one. Exactly. For now, for now. But yeah, let's. Uh, if we so... can get that R number below one, then we're doing well. Maybe we can vaccinate it against them. Oh yes. Now, do you need a booster shot? In Queensland, you definitely in Queensland you definitely will because of the conditions uh, the conditions up there uh, foster and ferment uh, this kind of uh, this kind of weird weird stuff. Um, Isn't that where you ferment fosters and then send it around the world in oh, Queensland? Because right. well, no, no one else gets it. No one else drinks it. Drink, they actually don't drink fosters anywhere else in Australia. No, I hope you realise. No, but yeah, um, what else, what else happened this year? What else happened this year? Ah, um, Grace Tame won the Australian of the Year award for her bravery in 
uh, changing the law in Tasmania. I think, uh, Clancy, this is something you can uh, speak a little bit more about. Well, she's a local Tasmanian. Um, mm -hmm. I won't go into a lot of the history, um, but basically she had um, been abused and she was prevented from talking about it by an archaic law here in Tasmania, which was supposed to protect the victims of sex crimes um, so that they wouldn't name their uh, the perpetrators and then they therefore wouldn't be identified. But part of the problem, of course, it means that they weren't allowed to talk about it. Excuse me while I just shut up my dog who's being in the wing. Stop it. Stop talking about it. All right. Um, and but she actually campaigned to get this law overturned. So that was, um, you know, a, a big victory for her. And as as a consequence, she's become a bit of a a spokesperson for for that whole movement. Um, good for her. Um, and she got voted in as Australian of the Year, which yeah. is. Sorry, my dog's just being annoying. No that's, that's, that's what dogs are. Uh, dogs, dogs do. No, so she uh, and I think yeah, I think it's uh, if people want to talk about it, then we really shouldn't. Uh, we really shouldn't stop. Uh, yeah, stop people talking about it. And this also ties in with Brittany Higgins. Now, I think we did mention this on on one of our previous episodes, how Brittany Higgins came out and uh, leveled allegations against a a staffer of. Uh, now, who was it? Um, I forget which, which minister it was, but then, uh, yeah, how can I say? So basically someone sat on it for a number of years uh, until yeah. she went out publicly, and then what do you know, within a, within a few months, uh, the person, I think, he's, I think he's actually on trial now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was He was actually identified and charged. Yep. Um, he did really well with the Jenkins report, doesn't it? They did really well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which then also ties into Christian Porter. Now, Christian Porter uh, found himself in a, in a bit of trouble. Um, now, this this kind of goes into uh, this is a little bit of a touch, uh, maybe a little bit of a touch, touchy subject in that um, there are people who believe he definitely did uh, sexually assault someone when he was a teenager. Uh, Christian Porter, however, is entitled to innocence and the fact that he hasn't been charged. And unfortunately, his, uh, the, the victim um, or the person, who, the person who directly accused Christian Porter um, is no, long, no longer with us. And so it does make it very hard to lay, um, uh, lay charges. Oh, yes. um, however, so what then happened was Christian Porter decided to take the ABC to court for defamation. Uh, what then happened was there was a blind trust set up to help pay Christian Porter's legal fees. And when it was reported that a blind trust had helped pay Christian Porter's legal fees, that kind of turned the blowtorch on Christian Porter himself. And so uh, the, the, people who are, the people who are accusing Christian Porter of rape and demanding he step down finally got what they want when he stepped down because he had a blind trust that he didn't know who was... Uh, he didn't know who was contributing to it. So someone with deep pockets contributed to his legal defence fund, which somehow miraculously paid his legal bills. But he just doesn't know who it was. It's just really weird. Well, I'm going to use my favourite phrase here. Those aren't very good optics at all, are they? Oh, I think They're it's a wonderful waffle. 
those, those optics are just dreadful. Because, okay, the first thing is, was this blind trust set up by him or authorised by him or done with his knowledge? And second of all, if the previous is not true, why did you accept the money in the first place That's... if the previous wasn't true? Because you could turn around and say, no, unless I know who the sodding hell you are, I ain't taking a bloody red cent from you. Now, <laughs> get on your bike. Yeah, it's a bit well, of a... This, that actually brings up another interesting um, facet, I guess, of um, political parties receiving uh, donations from people that are basically um, anonymous donations as well. Like, should you should you have somebody who's in public office who receives <clears throat> anonymous donations from people to assist with anything really? It should it shouldn't matter what it is, whether it's they've done something wrong and it's to assist with you know defending them in court, or it's for you know um, the the actual promotion of their party for the purposes of an election and yada, yada, yada. Um, it brings us back to that and whether or not that's an appropriate thing to have happen at all. Because all I can think in my head here is uh, these anonymous donors, are they seeing the people they're donating to as a washing machine? Well, that's, that's a distinct possibility. Is it? Are they just a washing machine that's being used for this money? To and then money around, yep. <laughs> Let's yeah. donate to a political party and launder all of our ill-gotten funds that we funneled and, from China and Russia and places like that. But I think In the interesting North part Korea. was I think the interesting part was that Christian Porter is the Attorney General, so yeah, he's the, like the number one the number one law officer in Australia, and you would have thought that if anyone. If anyone was across this, it should have been the guy in charge of the law himself. <laughs> you know, it's just well, that's, a... that's, that, that's sort of part of the whole problem with this uh, episode is that the Attorney General is one person apart from the Prime Minister, although this goes for anyone really who runs for Parliament, that should be above reproach. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, there shouldn't be any shadow of any sort of controversy or misdeed or corruption or any of those sorts of things when you're in such a position. And it goes back to something we spoke about in the previous episode about how they vet people who actually go into public offices and who run. If they they vet people. Well, they do to a point, but they don't seem to do it very well. And we've we've recently experienced this just here in Tassie where, you know, we had a a new um, leader of the opposition voted in, David Byrne, who quite promptly after that um, had to resign from office because it turned out that he'd been sending some texts or texts about 12, 12 years ago to somebody who just recently decided to make, you know, a statement about it. Uh, or, or he, uh, he, so he got pained. Pretty much, yeah. Which, you know, and, and it's like well, in sports, I actually don't think it's a big issue because you're not playing the sport because you've got a clean moral compass. You're playing the sport because you're good at playing the sweaty there's ball. A difference, there's a difference between sport because sport, like an Olympic, is a job. Mm. It's a job that you get there based on a private employer saying, yes, we'll employ you. 
And you're he's not contract. going to the general. Yeah, and here's a contract. You're not going to the general public and say, "Here's taxpayers' money that's taken by you, that's taken from you to pay me, and I'm going to ask you to keep paying me directly." Because effectively, mm. you're saying, "Please, employer, here's what I've done. I'm not going to tell you everything, but here's what I've done in the past." But yeah. all I can say is that hearing hearing that story is that Australia doesn't do corruption properly. You want to oh, take really? Bojo really? levels oh. of corruption. You want to do Bojo levels of corruption. Go hard or go home. Hey, go big or go home. You're saying Joe Bjorki Peterson wasn't, you know, wasn't up there with the best? No, 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 no. Because you want to take the Owen Patterson scandal in the UK. The who, sorry? Owen Patterson scandal oh, in the UK. Tell me a story, so, Owen Patterson took a £100,000 second job Oh which is God. more than his MP salary of £75,000 mm-hmm. because he, quote, couldn't afford to live off an MP salary. Oh, dear. And he gets expenses as well, by the way. And he didn't declare it properly. And it was all done really badly. And there was an inquiry into it that said that he should be suspended from the House for 30 days. So the House, in this case, is the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. What Boris Johnson did was he organised for his party to try to overhaul the whole system of looking at how members of parliament's um, conduct is done and say, no, don't suspend this MP. Don't you dare suspend this MP and whipped all of his party to go and do that. Then the public outcry was so huge that he then tried to undo it. And then the vote to undo it failed. Oh, yeah. So he was a, he, was he the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland? Yeah, the previous Secretary. So he was formerly the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. Uh, under David Cameron. And he, under David Cameron. And here's the kicker. The public hated this so much that this safe Conservative seat. So at the last election, Owen Paterson got nearly two-thirds of the vote. Mm-hmm. The party that finished with, I think it was in third place last time, the Liberals, or did they finish fourth? I can't remember how low down they finished. Took the seat on a swing of nearly forty percent. Uh, North Shropshire. North Shropshire. Shropshire. So, so if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do corruption, do it properly and have a big scandal that's actually worth your time. Because this kind of thing in Australia, like someone sexed twelve years, go get a second job. Go get paid more than your MP salary and make sure that your Prime Minister defends you to the hilt and then you resign in shame and then make sure that your party loses the seat afterwards. Do it properly. So Helen Morgan from the Liberal Democrats won that uh, by a good 16%. Yeah. Is the uh, is is the way I'm way I'm looking at it, and yep, okay, well this is what this you, you play stupid games and you get stupid prizes. Yes, there you go. So, Australia, you've got a long way to go in oh, the world God. of how corrupt you can be. True. Just, I, I would have thought that Joe Bjorki Peterson did set like the gold standard for Australian corruption, though. There's a, like, you know, there's a lot that he did that kind of really stunk, like, you know, 20, 30 years later. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, what else was there we can uh, we're going to chat about? So the, obviously we've beaten this one to death, but um, I think it does bear mentioning the Orcus uh, the Orcus fiasco where Scotty um, went au revoir to the French submarine deal and uh, said g'day to Bojo Bojo and Joe. Somebody said, "Here is your diesel transporter away from this submarine deal." 
yes. And by the way, you owe us ninety billion dollars. Oh, what ninety billion dollars? I don't know. I did that in the best interest of the Australian people. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's do really, things it's, in the best interest of the Australian people. It's it's actually really funny this whole debate between the fact that the the French submarines were going to be diesel and electric, mm-hmm. and the new submarines with the UK and America are meant to be nuclear, right? Mm-hmm. So there was an, a, a number of debates here in Australia about what this actually means, and. Um, I found it really interesting that, first of all, Australia is going to be buying submarines that they don't actually produce the fuel for themselves. So all of the fuel is going to have to be purchased yep. pretty much from the USA. So we're locked in for life unless we develop our own nuclear cap- capability for producing fuel. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if there's some some pot afoot for us to start producing our own fuel in cooperation with the USA and the UK. The other other point that was made was that um, it was a way for us to um, get away from that whole, you know, reliance on diesel. And I remember someone who was an, an expert in submarines talking about how noisy the nuclear submarines were. Oh. which I found really curious because I would have thought it would be the other way around. Here's the thing for you. Who's listening? Well, that's a good point too. And and who are we planning to blow up? Our friends up north. So yeah. our, tra- our, northern... our trading partners up north, sorry. Our trading what have Northern north. Territory ever done to you, Damien? No, a little bit further north than that, a little bit further <laughs> north. Um, Christmas Island. That's one of ours. But yeah, so uh, but it also goes back to the Collins Cast submarine debacle. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, because we were creating our own submarines, of course, once upon a time. I think only, and, the, only uh, the doors worked. Well, yeah, the, yeah. So a friend of mine actually worked on those submarines, and he designed the only part of the submarines that supposedly did work, which was the defense system. Okay. So. You, but it, it's just curious. I mean, we, we spoke about this in a previous podcast. How much money has been spent in research and development? That's just what? literally been flushed down to will it. Yep. And what's going to happen with that R&D? What's going to happen to it now? Is it just going to sit on a shelf? Exactly. Exactly. Is it going to be picked up for the current ones or the future ones? Or is it going to be sold off to somebody else? Or is it just going to sit there and just be a nice, you know, paperweight? Or, or um, in a very unlikely scenario, um, a, a future prime minister or even the current prime minister, if he gets in, if he gets an epiphany, he may just go, hmm, maybe maybe nuclear isn't the way to go, and he'll give uh, President Macron a call and say, um, I don't know, whatever the, whatever they say, you know, to say sorry. But um, just be désolé, Monsieur Macron. Well, well, President you know, Macron, just be désolé. Of course, it must be said that the French have a very proud history of using uh, nuclear-powered devices in the Pacific. <laughs> but they uh, tend uh, to blow up small islands with yeah, it. Like, they, they, they have a blast. When they go to a natural island <laughs> in the Pacific, they have a blast. They quite literally have a blast. So it's just, 
I know a friend of mine made a comment about the fact that you would have actually thought it'd be the other way around, that it was the French using the nuclear submarines, not the not the uh, Americans oh, and the yeah the British yeah. That is interesting. Um, and before we wrap this chat up, is there any uh, any other talking points that uh, we we want to go over before we? Well, I don't know. I I just just yesterday or the day before after we um, had our chat previously, mm -hmm. Damien, I watched that new Netflix movie. Don't look up. Have either of you watched that yet? Heard of it? Not. Don't look up. No. Okay, it's worth it. Okay. Watch it. Mm -hmm. It pretty much encapsulates <laughs> encapsulates uh, what's going on around the world in terms of how we react to global threats. Not very well. Not freaking well at all. And all the stupid social media posturing that goes on. Oh, actually, yes. We, we this, <clears throat> you just reminded me. Yes, uh, we also in our last chat we did also mention about how Facebook. Uh, yes. Shut down us! Shut down Australia for a few days. That's right. They 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 stopped they stopped letting us read the news because oh. you know obviously no one understands where to get news from apart from oh, Facebook. No, the, how how dare how how what me jeez <laughs> what did yeah, so there was uh, a Rupert say to that? What did Rupert say there? There was a a news lockout. <laughs> Um, I pretty much didn't notice because I, I actually get most of my news from going directly to the page or, or watching the television in the morning or listening to the radio. So it didn't really affect me terribly much, I have to say, and it was no, quite um, nice to get feeds from my friends for a change. Exactly. And, um, yeah, like I tend to read other news sources uh, like directly anyway. So, like, um, I don't know if you're using my su subscription for The Age. But you know, fine. That's a, that's an all right uh, an all right news source. And, yeah, the um, age isn't too bad. I don't mind the Guardian. Um, I find they have some balanced, pretty balanced reporting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to read the Sydney Morning Herald, but that's become very right wing biased. I found. You could always read the Tally. Uh, no. <laughs> you don't read the Tally, Phoebe. You look at it. You don't even look at the telly. It just attacks Exists. your brain cells through <laughs> osmo osmotic osmotic potential. Actually, that invasion. Was, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story from my fundamentalist Christian days, and this may make you laugh. You were a contributor to the telly. You wrote in to the telly. No, no. I know a guy who honestly, seriously believed that demons travelled along electromagnetic waves and that watching TV was a form of a demonic transmission. So if you were a sinner of some sort or you had some sort of secret sin, then, yeah, you could get uh, infected by demons because they were travelling down the, the electromagnetic waves that the TV signal tra uh, travelled on as well. Tin hats, anybody? In fundamental. What is aluminium now? Uh, in tin. What is aluminium? Land, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit. Of, I didn't take him too seriously, but I thought, like, yeah, okay, that's 
how, how do you how do you prove that? That seems a bit far fetched. Even even for even for a fundamentalist Christian, that seems pretty that seems pretty far fetched. Well, I'll, I'll one up you on that one. I oh. did date a guy briefly in my twenties who believed that God was speaking to him through the television. Oh. Yeah, no, so he, he he came over to my house once um, and sat in front of the television and basically told me that God was giving him a message. Uh, through the late night, Friday, the Friday late night SBS movies from Germany, perhaps? I have no idea what it was that we were watching. Oh, okay. But I think it might have been the World Cup, actually. But um, <laughs> Which World Cup? Uh, 1996. France? France, 98. Euro 96, 98. it was in England. Oh, yeah, I, was two, I was two years off. Um, and, yeah, so I dated this guy very briefly and he obviously had some Issues. mental health problems. Um, he also had told his cousin that he was going to marry me and have children, obviously delusional. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, that's, that's how that worked out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's, but this is part, this goes back to the the whole conspiracy nuts and the people mm-hmm. who are anti-vax and who believe that you know they're getting injected with you know mind tiny control. little yeah mind control and the mark of and the beast all those or, yeah, yeah it, and wishes it, it, and it it's as viral as bloody COVID is you know <laughs> it's it's really really sad. It is. But it reminds me of many years ago when I worked in mental health and we had a, a fellow who was um, admitted to the psych unit there and he used to pace around the middle, um, you know, the outdoor smoking area, the rotunda, I think they called it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, we used to have to do room searches and we found a list of women that he was going to blow up with gel ignite in their vaginas because they'd worked in some way. Um, it was slightly disturbing. Um, quite and... disturbing. Sort of explosively <laughs> disturbing that one. He was pretty disturbing. Um, anyway, it came to light that they'd been trying to convince this guy to accept medication because he'd been refusing medication because he was telling everybody that he wasn't mad at all. Um, there was nothing actually wrong with him. Anyway, he was also convinced that he was being controlled by aliens through a chip at the base of his brain. So one of the psychiatrists had the bright idea to send him off for an X-ray to prove to him that there was no chip at the base of his brain. Mm-hmm. And um, the, yeah, and you can see a number of issues with this already, can't you, Damien? So, so the he X-ray left the secure down. unit, or did so they the come X-ray, to him? Yeah. <laughs> So the X-ray came back and there was no chip at the base of the brain, and we discussed it in the group and you know the meeting. And fortunately, the, the patient wasn't in the group meeting. And um, they were like, "Oh, well, we've told the patient, and he's finally accepted medication and admitted that maybe he really does have paranoid schizophrenia." And we we're all like, "Oh, that's fantastic!" And then one of the psychologists turned around and said, "Well, maybe the chip's ceramic and it doesn't show up on X-ray." Oh no! <laughs> Shut up! You're not supposed to say that. No, no, no. Um, actually, one thing I did want to I did want to briefly chat about before we go. I won't keep you too much longer. But um, Australia Post uh, paid a one million dollar termination payment to Christine Holgate for the way she was treated at the hands of uh, our our friend Scotty. Yeah, 
She was bullied by him, according to her. Pretty well. Whether she was bullied is is yeah. That's uh. I, I think she, she alleges might... that she was bullied I by did, him. Yes, yes. Um, I think. Well, I post. Well, yes. It's a good point. I think she. I think she's more. What do you call it? Trial by media. She was, what she I will was say is Australia Post accurately posted a settlement to her in order to send away these claims. Boom, boom. And now she's actually. I think she's taken a position with DHL. Of all, um, or um, or, or Global Express, I forget which which career company it was, but um, yeah. So late last year, she was, I think Scotty threatened to sack her if she didn't stand down. So she stood down, and then in front of a um, in front of a uh, a tribunal hearing, um, yeah, basically she uh, put the government to the sword, and uh, seven figures later. She got a. She got a. Yeah. Funny that. Indeed. There are so, worse things that could happen, I suppose. Indeed. There are worse things. Indeed. So anyway, um, ladies, what's uh, what's on for the New Year's? The Australian federal election of twenty twenty two. Oh yes, so that that is coming. Yes, I know, and I know it's coming because I do some IT work for a contractor for the Australian Electoral Commission. So they're, I know they they're definitely gearing up. Did I not say this a a few weeks ago? What's that? Do you remember in a previous podcast, I made an assertion that we were about to have an election. Mm -hmm. Well, your elections come round every three years. Yeah, it was pretty predictable. (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm taking yeah, a huge amount of credit for it. Well, indeed, indeed. And I think there's also uh, the uh, the Victorian state government also goes to the election uh, November next year as well. Yes, so yes they we'll do. See, uh, we'll see how uh, see how Dan survives. Uh, see if um, Dan loses his seat because of what's happened in the few in the last couple of years, or whether uh, the Victorian public has a short memory. Well, I think how short. Dan, Dan winning or losing his seat more depends on who is in federal parliament. Mm-hmm. Maybe your mate elbow, maybe your mate Albo can help out. Well, I, yeah, I, I potentially think that that's going to have a lot of influence on what happens in the Victorian state election. Mm-hmm. And considering well, so South Australia board, goes to the polls as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so polls everywhere. Polls everywhere. Indeed, indeed. The election kind, not the. Yeah, I know. Hold, not hold. <laughs> not, not, not the election the type, type, not the nationality type. <laughs> not the magnetic type either. Oh, you see. Uh, or the fireman's type. Excellent. Yeah, so, or, le- or, le- or the dancing type. Maybe we should do some twerking with that. <laughs> with, uh, what, is, is, is the Defence Force commissioning a new ship anytime soon? A bit of pole dancing. Well, how, now, that's well. a way to launch an election. A SCOMO Anthony Albanese dance off on a pole. I can, I can literally say SCOMO in a pair of those insanely Type, short, high plastic heels. What do you think? No, I think, I think he, may, he might be more of a budgie smuggler, man. No, Abbott's already that taken note, that budgie. I think that is the scariest it. note to end 2021 on, I think. <laughs> I think we are going to leave it there. Clancy, Phoebe, thank you for joining me in 2021 and here's Happy New Year and let's do it all again in 2022. Happy New Year, guys.
Bye bye now. Bye. In history's page, let it.